Awakening Podcast, where I get the privilege to talk to the warriors and legends of the martial arts world. Today, I am being joined by IBGJF American Nationals Champion in Gi and No Gi, Mr. Gabriel Ameda. Sir, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, sir. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate this. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, um, to get this started, you were born in Brazil, and I don't want to butcher the name, but Niteroi? Niteroi, yeah. Niteroi, all right. <laughs> so, tell me more about Niteroi, Brazil. How was that like? Uh, it, it was cool. Like, I mean, it's a s smaller city than Rio. It's like right next to Rio, right? So, like, we got the, the bay, and when we crossed the bay, we're in Niteroi. You know, so it's like kind of... Kind of a smaller part, uh, but it's a really cool town, you know. Uh, it's, not, it's not small also, it's pretty big, not as big as Rio, but uh, I used to go a lot to Rio too, so um, it, it's really nice growing up there, you know, like a lot of people live there and work in Rio, so it's more like a residential area, and that's where I started training at. Okay. And how was life growing up there? Was it easy? Was it challenging? Uh, it was, uh, it was a normal life, you know, no. it's, it's like I said, like it's a, it's a like mid, like not like, like super big, but like a kind of a big city too, you know? So it's like everything you get in a big city. So I, it wasn't like, uh, I moved a lot also like, but in, in the, in the city, you know, uh, I love it there. I miss it. It's a beautiful place, you know. There's there's beaches and everything. It's it's awesome. So uh, as I talk to more uh, people that are from Brazil, a uh -huh. lot of them are they love surfing. Do you love surfing as well? I do actually. I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I like California too because the, <laughs> I get to surf here too. Oh, yeah. okay. any any beach here that you like to go surf? I I like going to Huntington Beach. You know, it's like the closest one that I look that I go. Mostly, yeah, <laughs> but I, I try to go all over. The, the coast is pretty cool here. Nice waves. Yeah, I mean, uh, I myself, I mean, lived in Long Beach my whole, my whole, my whole years, but yeah, I've actually never surfed. So, no. <laughs> yeah. and I hear it's fun, but uh, you know, there's uh, so much to do here too. Yeah, then just rather than just going to the <laughs> to the beach. <laughs> so. You didn't start jiu-jitsu when you were young. You started in your teens, if I'm not mistaken. I was like 17 to 18. 17 so I was like 18. almost turning 18. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you started under Eduardo Flexa, right? Yeah, that's that was my professor. He has a gym in my hometown. Okay. Right, in Niterói. So that's where I started. And uh, so it's been what, like now I'm 28, so... 10, almost 11 years that I started. Wow. Yeah. So how did you find his place? How you came about that place? Actually, I... So my, my mom used to do Taekwondo when she was young. And she stopped for some reasons, like for life. And there was a point that she wanted to get back to it, right? So we looked for a good Taekwondo school. And that's actually where Flesha teaches, like my, my professor. So I, I started training Taekwondo in that gym um, with Professor Ricardo and the Jiu Jitsu class was right after. So it was one of those gyms like where you get like you find all all martial arts. So they had like Taekwondo, they had Jiu Jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, you know. So like the Taekwondo class was like at 7 p.m. and at 8 p.m. we had the Jiu Jitsu class. And sometimes I would just stay and watch a little bit. So and then like. Me, like, so it was me, my mom, my cousin, my brother, my other cousin. So we all started Taekwondo together 
and uh we also started jujitsu together. Like after a year training taekwondo, we were like, ah, oh, let's try to do this. I didn't understand much because <laughs> sometimes when you look, when you don't understand what's happening, you're like, eh, you know, but I, my, my brother actually gave the idea. Hey, let's try. I'm like, oh, whatever, let's go. And I ended up enjoying more than taekwondo. And I stopped doing taekwondo because of jujitsu, you know, because I wanted to train more jujitsu. <laughs> so you only did a yeah. year of taekwondo, roughly? No, actually I did like... Two, two and a half. So I trained like at the same time. So I trained one year Taekwondo. And then when I started Jiu-Jitsu, I kept training Taekwondo for a little bit because I was competing too a lot. I traveled all over in Brazil, South America to compete. And I kept with Taekwondo until like I decided, oh, okay, I want to get more serious in Jiu-Jitsu. And now I'm going to just train Jiu-Jitsu, you know? Wow. And how was Mr. Eduardo or what you said it wasn't, I'm sorry, let me backtrack a bit. It wasn't a bit, it wasn't the same instructor, right? For Taekwondo. No, no, he was like, yeah. Can, can you tell me more one. about your Taekwondo instructor? How was he? Was it? No. Yeah, so like the the reason we started training with him, uh, so Ricardo was, uh, he was a coach. He was one of the coaches for the Brazilian uh, Taekwondo national team, you know, and his wife actually was one of the athletes. She was in the, nas- in the national team. No way. She wouldn't train no. with us, but she was in the national team. And, uh, and that was like one of, one of the main reasons that why we want to get there because we saw like, oh, this guy is really good. He's a good coach because like he has like national team athletes with him. And that's why we wanted to start with him. Like he was, I mean, he was very serious, very uh, respectful, you know, like a lot of, I see like get a, some of the things I learned from Taekwondo in respect and everything. I, I keep it in my life until now, you know, and he didn't like very much when I moved to Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Because I stopped training Taekwondo, but yeah. uh, that's life, you know, like we move yeah. on. Oh, yeah. No, we yeah. move on and just keep training one step at a time. Yeah. And so you met Eduardo, Mr. Professor Eduardo Flexa. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so you started right, um, Jiu-Jitsu right away. How was he like, Mr. Eduardo Flexa? Yeah, Eduardo. So, like, he's and he's a really nice guy. He's super tough in Jiu-Jitsu. He has, like... Uh, he's one of the toughest black belts I train, you know, yeah, he's super good, especially one of those that are not competitors. Cause he was, he was one, he, he competed into his brown, he was a brown belt mm-hmm. and he never competed in the black belt. He competed like years later, but in the beginning he, he wasn't competing anymore. Like since he got the black belt into like 10 years of black belts, he never competed. Really? So, but he was super tough. Like I got crushed by him in training every day and even after i moved and i started training more competition wise because the the gym in niterói like most of the people there they weren't focused in competition you know like those guys work and they get to the gym at night and they just want to do it for the hobby you know and i was like i had another mindset i wanted to compete i wanted to go hard and sometimes uh you need to train with people also that that have that mindset too, you know. But even after that, when I moved and I started training somewhere else, whenever I would go back and train with with Eduardo, he would still still kill me in training, you know. So he was like <laughs> one of the toughest guys that I trained with. He's my friends until today, you know. Uh, we never had anything. I, I just moved to the other gym just uh, to focus on my on my dream and moving here too. You know, so uh, he, he's a super cool guy. He helped a lot, helped me a lot in my jiu-jitsu. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, what well, you seem to have a very driven mind. Like your your goal is there, you charge at it. What mm-hmm. what brings that to you? What what drives you? Man, it's really like, I mean, that's my life, right? So I feel like I I gotta do my best every day and, and try to improve. It's not like I'm trying to compare myself with anyone else. Like that's one thing that I keep in my mind. I don't want to be better than anyone else. I, be, I want to be better than myself yesterday, you know, and like that, that constant uh, thought of improving every day, improving, getting always like 1% better. It's, it's one thing that helps me keep going. When I see like, when you see your development, sometimes like when you, when you don't see you growing, you get like, pushed back a little bit but when you see you growing you're growing you're growing it kind of motivate motivates you to keep going and keep the resilience you know like keep working you know the consistency in training and jiu-jitsu is something i love to do and since the first day i enjoyed it and as i got better i got better i loved competing too it took me a while to compete my professor didn't let me compete until it was like training for eight months some people train for a month and they go compete my professor wouldn't let me until i was like he knew i was good to compete you know wow so i mean i I, my first competition actually i lost in the final but i was so pumped up i really loved it all of the guys who fought that went with me from my gym uh, i think like i got second there's another guy who got second and yeah, but like I was, I was so excited for like medaling my first tournament. I was super happy, and I wanted like I want to do this again. I want to do this again. So like, I mean, when you do something you love, that like pushes you to work harder, to get better, you know, because you're blessed to do what what you love to do. Like some people, a lot of people, they have to do stuff they don't really like. That you know, they work on something they don't really like. But when you enjoy when you enjoy what you're doing, it makes it easier to motivate. And to keep the focus and to keep pushing, you know. Yeah, that's you know that's very important, uh, especially after coming. You know, you you said you play second. A mm-hmm. lot of people, even though they play second, they feel like they lost everything. So some of them, they they just up and quit or they give up and they don't want to try. Not mm-hmm. you. You you said you you were excited. You I wanted mean, to keep yeah, going. It was my first time. Like it was. I had three fights. I cut a lot of weight to make to make. I, I made lightweight. It was the only. Only time in my life I made to lightweight. Because uh, my cousin fought too, and he was lightweight. He wanted to do featherweight. And I'm like, oh, he's going to do featherweight? Then I'm going I'm to do lightweight. And I was a middleweight. Oh, so I man. cut like 15 pounds in a week. Oh, my. <laughs> and I like I lost my fight, but I was I was doing better than the other guy, you know. But I got cramps because I, I cut too much weight that oh. I shouldn't. And I lost, I ended up like laying the guy past my guard in the end. I lost like three to two. I took him down and we stood up. I think I pulled and he passed my guard again. So then it was like three to two, you know. But anyway, I was like just so happy to be there, super excited, you know, and I just wanted to do this again. <laughs> and I mean, is there any time in your, in your coming up the ranks that you felt everything just clicking and clicking? And like, okay, that's what this works. This is how this works. Because normally when people start off, you know, things are just, I say like a, like a Lego set. Every, all the pieces are scattered, I'm sorry, scattered everywhere. But slowly but surely you start connecting the pieces. Is there any time during your ranks that that came about? Um, I think 
I started like understanding more a, a lot about jiu-jitsu was actually when I was least focused on the competition, which was my purple belt. So I I started as a white belt, right? And I, I was doing good in the competitions. And then I got my blue belt. I was a world champion in the blue belt. So I was like pushing, pushing. And as I moved to my purple belt, so I won the world championship in blue belt. I got my purple belt. And I my life focus shifted a little bit, like towards college, working, you know. And I was not focusing so much on jiu-jitsu. Um, and, th- and then I came, like I was in, I was in college and I, I stopped college for a little bit and I came to the U S to spend like a year here training with a friend in, in South Carolina. Oh. And there, like we studied a lot. So I, we studied jujitsu. So I learned a lot, especially I, I was always like, I was super flexible. I would play guard well, but I wasn't like very aggressive and Sometimes I would lose fights because of that, because I would just trust on my flexibility. People trying to smash me, smash me, but they wouldn't pass my guard because I was just flexible. But I didn't have like too much technical knowledge, like to play guard and be offensive and also to pass guard. So like, I think in that time in the purple belt, it was actually the time I won. I didn't win as much. I didn't win many titles in purple belt, uh, but I learned a lot I learned a lot you know like it was like my I developed my top game I developed my bottom game and I started getting more aggressive like changing my way to behave and also learning more about like focusing you know more you know I was like there my my friend that, that I was in South Carolina his name is Tiago Sa now he's living in Dubai he's running this huge gym there called that Tino Guerra Dubai so he was one guy who teach me. He taught me a lot on how to be focused, what you have to do, um, how to improve your game, how to improve in every aspect. You know. Wow. So, uh, I mean, from my understanding, from what what I when I did a little bit of my research, I, I thought you came to California first, but you went to South Carolina. No, I actually used to come here. So I I moved yeah. to Checkmate in 2013. I was. Yes. I was blue belt for about a year. Okay. And I moved to Checkmate in Rio. So, like I said, there, there was a point I was training with my partners in Niterói and my professor, Flesher, he saw that. Like a lot of professors, they don't see that. But he saw that I was like, that I was, I wanted to go harder and harder. Yes. And I needed to perform, you know. So, then he told me like, man, you, you got to go train somewhere else where the focus is competition with other competitors, you know? And then he talked to Rico Vieira, which which is Leo's brother in Rio. He messaged him and said, Hey, I got a student here. He's a great competitor. He he needs to improve. Can you, can you take him? Like, and then I started going to Rio every day, even though I lived in Niterói, I started going by bus to Rio every day. And training in Rio in the morning, and I would get back at night to Niterói, and I would train with Flasher anyway. So I would train competition training in the morning at Checkmat, and train like with the students at night in in Niterói. You know, so I kept doing that that for a little while. And moving to Checkmat gave me the opportunity to come here to California. Every time there's a camp, so like there's Worlds, there's Panams. Mm-hmm. 
people come from all over the world here, actually to this location, to, to this gym. And they, uh, they train together for those big tournaments. And that's what, what happened to me. So like when I was a blue belt, my first year of blue belt, I didn't do that. But the second one, 2014, that was when I won the world championships. I came to, to fight the Pan Ams in March and I spent three months here training for the world championships. So I, I, I got a silver medal at the Pan Ams. I got the world, I got the, the gold medal in the Abu Dhabi World Pro. And I got the gold medal in the world championship, like just by training here with the guys here in California, you know. And then I got my purple belt. The next year, I, I that's when I went to spend a little time in Charleston, in South Carolina with my friend, you know. But that's like how, like the progression of how it happened, actually. Oh, my God. But I was coming here to California a lot to train. I already met Leo, you know, and, and that's kind of like how, how it started. Oh, man. So... Explain to me a little bit about the atmosphere. How's it like knowing the Pan Ams is coming and you have, and I'll say, because I hear this a lot. How's it like coming into a room full of, and I, this, I know, because a lot of people just say this, uh, killers. Yeah. yeah. How's it like coming in here? How's the atmosphere? How's the training? How is that? I mean, that must be something once in a lifetime. Like, must be great with, oh, yeah, with all those people. Sure. Uh huh. But like, like I said, like when I moved to Checkmate mm-hmm. in Rio, I already had that atmosphere in my gym, you know? So we, we got a lot of competitors in, like, most of them would come here and people from, like, Europe would come here. People from all over the U.S. would come here oh and they goodness. would get together. It would, just, yeah. it would just be, like, the same room but on a bigger scale. So, I like, I had my same room there. <laughs> a lot of people trying to kill themselves. But as we would get here, just... Like, we concentrate talent from all over, you know? Yeah. Then I would get here, I would train with Buchecha, I would train with Panza, I would train with all the guys who were winning everything, and I, I would get smashed by everyone. Just, oh I mean, I was a blue belt, and I get here and I train with all those guys that I see them fighting and see them winning everything, and I'm like, whoa, you know? And you get used to it. I mean, like, let's say you get used to getting smashed but (laughs) you like as you get used to it you improve too you know the more you get they say like iron sharp as iron right the more you get smashed the more you like either you're gonna break or you're gonna get better get tough yeah get get tougher like like a diamond right they say about the diamond like the the diamond only uh you have to put a lot of pressure on it to uh to come out as a diamond yeah. yeah so like i said if you come here, like, if you don't break, you're going to get tough eventually, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, of course, when you're competing and you're in a competition atmosphere, of course, your skill set is just going to improve better than, I mean, just faster, I should say, than the person who comes in here and just, it's a hobby and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've been competing basically all your jiu-jitsu life. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what... Do you guys usually go 100% at when you're in the competition level? Do you guys go 100% roll 100%? Of course, you guys are cautious, but everything... Because, I mean, I don't know if you know Paulo Guillobel, but he says every time it looks like people are, like, fighting. Mm. And, I mean, yeah. like, in the gym when we're training? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I've heard that it looks like people are... I mean, you that you're rolling with someone mm-hmm. and you guys are going 100%. Yeah. To, the, to the outside eyes... It looks like you guys are trying to kill each other, but you guys are going yeah. just, 
it's just fun for you guys. I mean, well, I don't know if fun, but you guys are training. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like the the training, like the, there's always like stages of training, right? So like mm-hmm. you as you you you're doing the camp, you're training in the camp, like you're going hard, right? You're pushing because you got to push. Otherwise, like if you go to the competition, you you were training like soft. You're not gonna go hard in the competition when you train soft here. Right. So, but of course, like in the week of the competition, you start like slowing down a little bit, try to reduce the injuries, recover the body, you know, but we always like trying to go, like do our best, you know, like when you're, when you're training, there's a lot, like you never want to lose, there's a lot of ego, like, yeah, I mean, good ego, you know, <laughs> that makes you grow. Yeah. And so, yeah, we go, we go hard at each other, like, like we're trying to kill each other, but we're all friends. So. <laughs> and that's in the all. end, we shake hands and it's all good. We go have lunch together <laughs> at the end of the day yeah uh, and you lose you pay for my meal or yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um your 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 first match as a as a black belt do you recall that yeah my first match so i went to this tournament it's uh in a federation called sjj if it was their their world championship from that federation you know so like got a bunch of federations like each one has their own world championship you know they have yes. the main ones which is the IBJJF yeah but like that that federation has their world, cha- world championship and I went there especially because they had they had like prize money if you want oh and I went there to fight I actually like my first match I did actually pretty good I scored a few points I like took push the guy to pull the guard to guard swept him I finished him from the from the mound with a, with a cross choke you know, I oh, thought wow. I was like super confident, you know, because like I said, when you train, when you train with the guys here, you're already training with the black belts, you know. So That's if right. like I moved up in in belts, but uh, of course, the level, the level in the competition is going to go up too. But the level of my training, it was, it was already there, oh, you know, it was still like the same. So then I knew I was going to do good. I mean, I I lost in the final of that first tournament to to a guy who was, like, world-ranked, Manuel Hibamar. And I lost to him like it was, like, one guard pass. He passed my guard, and that was it, Mm. you know. But it was in the final. I won two matches and lost to him in the final. And I was, like, pretty happy with my my first performance, you know. Uh, I knew I could improve because sometimes, like, when you fight small tournaments, you can fight people who are... Not on the top level, but I fought one of the guys that were, like, over there. Like, he was winning Pan Ams. He was winning, like, the biggest tournaments. And I was like, okay, uh, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. So I'm going to go and see how it goes with him. That, that's that's what happens a lot when you fight the big names. You know, some people get scared. They're like, oh, my God, I'm fighting this guy. He's the legend. Or he's, like, 10-time world champion or whatever. But... You forget, like, you have nothing to lose. You just go there, like, test yourself. If if you're, like, like I said, you might have, like, 1% of chance to, of winning. But it's still 1%. You still got that chance, you know. So, even if you're going to lose, make sure you sell it, like, for a lot. Like, make make sure they pay a lot for that, for that loss, you know. So, after you fight someone like that, and then you feel like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm, it's super good, but it's not like I'm not so much under the level, you know, or I'm not even like below them. I'm just like there. 
And then you start building up confidence for the next one and the next one and the next one. And then you do better and better and better. You know, I fought him like a couple of months ago and I beat him, you know, so it's like you, you grow as you fight, you know? So like, I'm sure we're going to fight again. <laughs> Not don't know how the outcome is going to be, but I'm always going to do my best to, to win the next one, you know? To, so to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, like I tell everyone, when you're on the top, a lot of people get comfortable once you're on the top. Mm -hmm. So some people, they don't train as hard as they used to. And the people coming up that mountain, they're training their butts off. They're waking up extra early or they're doing yeah, something and, extra. But yeah, you forget that like when you're on top, like the eyes are on you, you know, people are, people are aiming on you. And like when sometimes you don't look down and see who's coming, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So like people yeah. are studying you there. They see what you're doing like every day, all the time. And if you don't be careful, like they're going to take your spot. Yeah. And I I like that mindset. I like what you said about uh that when you're fighting someone that world champion and whatnot, that people are like, oh my goodness, this person is X this, X that. So I don't know if it's fear or it's more the respect towards that person. But once you're in the match, mm -hmm. I could tell that you go all that's out the window. You and I, we're going to go at it right now. Yeah. And I'm going to test myself, like you said. Yeah, it's really uh, I know like before, so, so this is what something that changed after I became a black belt because before my black belt, I used to feel a lot like that. Whenever I would fight someone that like, okay, this guy's really good. And I, that would scare me. I would be like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. I would like doubt myself, you know, like after, after I got my black belt, I just saw like, man, I'm, I'm on the highest level, yeah. you know, if I don't win, so what, you know, so let's just go at it, you know? And it's something that changed in my mind, like that, that, that I started like focusing more on like how, how fortunate and blessed I was for being there, you know, and competing against those guys rather than being scared of fighting them and losing to them, you know? So that's what pushes me and drives me. Like I, I've been doing a lot of super fights against the best guys in the world And I never say no, like, I oh, know I don't want to yeah. fight this guy. I'm always like, let's go, let's do it. Let's do it. Doesn't matter who it is. I'll do it, you know, <laughs> because like I said, like, I, I'm just like, I'm doing what I love. So why not? You know? <laughs> and yeah. And I mean, if, if you lose, things don't go your way, you get experience out of it. Yeah. You still get, get some get experience. Get back, work. You can see what, what you, what you missed on. Did you? Uh, were you missing like in your conditioning or were you missing your technique and your strategy? Like something, you always got to improve something. There's always yeah. stuff that you're going to see. Okay. I, I made a mistake right here or I got yes. tired or I got like, then you can fix whatever it, there is to fix. You can just like get it. Okay. I'm going to work on this now. And then the next time it's not going to happen again, but you're going to find another mistake and then you fix it. Yeah. That's how you build. That's how you grow. So is it safe to say that you look at your matches when, whether you win, lose or draw just to see where you could, you know, improve? Yeah, of course. Cause I mean, whenever, whenever I win, whenever I lose, there's always stuff to improve. So yeah. there's always room. So it's good to watch your match. See like, okay, this is not that good. Even, even if I won, sometimes I, I won my match, but I didn't finish. 
And like, what what was missing so I could finish that match? What can I do better than, than before? You know. And then, I mean, we we keep improving, we keep working to fix those mistakes, to improve your technique, to improve your strength, to improve your your cardio. You know. So that's how we build up. Oh man, is there any tournament throughout your career that sticks to you till this day that you go, I wish I could have done better, or I I'm glad I did that because that saved me. That saved my butt. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a lot of tournaments in my life that I, I'm like, I that I that I remember that stick stick to me. I mean, there's the world championship that I won. Uh, there's like, there's some tournaments where I I lost by a little bit, and that like kind of like, you some sometimes like I remember it like ah, I should have done something different, you know. But I mean. I, I wouldn't have done something different because I already did it. So yeah. I can only look forward, you know, but like after you, sorry, after you, after it's passed, like, I mean, it's like I said, it's past. If like you fix those mistakes, yeah. you learn with it and you move on. Even like you can't sit on your titles because like I said, like when you're in the top, people are looking at you, they're going yeah. hungry. So you got to look forward. Got to look towards the next one and the next one and the next one. Right. But I have like there's a bunch of tournaments that I I I have in my life that I mean I really like to participate uh the the ADCC, you know, it wasn't the best performance, but it was something like I was super glad to participate. I want to do the next one too, so I'm like trying to build up the rankings so I can get invited next time. And at the trials that I want to participate in all those world championships that I fought, like I, every, every, every time I learned something, you know, so like, uh, every, every tournament there, there's like a, a lesson or like when you're losing, there's always a lesson, something you can improve. And that, that's what I, I try to remember, like, what, what can I take? in this tournament as a lesson for the next one, you know, so I don't, it doesn't happen again. Yeah. All right. And you obviously trained in Gi and no Gi. So you started off with Gi, correct? Yeah, I started with did, the Gi. Did yeah. you find the transition to be easy with no Gi? No, like, it was like more, in the beginning, I used to train, that that happens a lot in Brazil. Here in the US, people have the, the wrestling culture. So... People already have a lot of understanding about the nogi, right? So with me it was a little bit different because I had no previous previous grappling experience, so I didn't know much. And whenever I would change from gi to nogi, my game would translate because I would trust a lot of my grips in the gi. You can't get grips in nogi, so I would I would be kind of lost, and I wouldn't play guard very well. I didn't have like the knowledge I needed to 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 fight well in Ogi, right? And in Brazil, it's like that. A lot of people, they train all year with the Gi. And we have, like, the biggest tournament we have in Brazil right now, no Gi, it's the Brazilian Nationals. All right. And people would train, like, in Nogi for a month, just for the month before the tournament. And once the tournament is gone, they stop training Nogi. So that, that's what I, I would do to... You know, so it's in October, right. like end of October. So beginning of October, we'd start training Nogi. We train there for a month and go compete. That that happened a lot. And after I came to the U.S., I started wrestling and I started learning more. 
my mm-hmm. Noki game improved a lot. And every time I fought the Brazilian nationals, after after that, after I came here, I won. So I won in purple belt once. No, sorry, I won twice in the purple belt and one in the brown belt. You know, so I won three times the Brazilian nationals. Wow. Like, so it was like every time I fought, I won because like I knew my level like went so much higher than before that, uh, that I mean, I was doing super good, you know, and, and that I did really good in those tournaments. But like, uh, after, after, after I got my black belt, I decided like I want to participate in the ADCC. So then I tried to focus a lot more in the Nogi. I did my first Nogi words. I was so well prepared. It was, I was supposed to fight in the brown belt. Leo came to me, hey, I'm giving you the black belt. And I'm like, what? What? And then, um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he just, he just told me that like, I'm going to give you the, the black belt like in a week or so. Like, and you're going to fight no words in the black belt. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I went, I won my first match. I lost the second one, made some mistakes and was, was like learning, you know? And then after this, I started like training a lot more. A lot more, and I won the ADCC trials. You know, I focused like I thought. Like my year, 2019, was when the ADCC happened. This was this is going to be my ADCC year. So I'm going to train for ADCC. So I trained for the trials. I won the trials. Submitted uh, four of, out of six fights, and then I kept training Nogi. I went to the ADCC. Didn't do that good. I kept training. Then I went to the Nogi World Championship in, as a black belt. I got in the final and I lost mm. to, but like, yeah, I got a silver medal in the World Championship. Uh, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of mistakes from that match that I know I, I could have, imp- I could, I already improved a lot of what, what I missed on that match, you know, but like I said, my Nogi game improved a lot after I got my black belt. Like actually after I started coming to the U.S. and spending time here and training, more like wrestling and understanding more about how it works in Nogi, you know. Wow. So now that you, now, I mean, I, I take it you go to Brazil and then train over there from time to time. Do you give those guys a little training or do you help them out a little bit? Because obviously, you know, like you said, it's just different atmosphere here with the wrestling and everything. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Like I love to help. So whenever like people ask me stuff, whenever I go there, there, like, people have the, they usually prefer to train the gi, you know. They, yeah. they don't train the no gi as much. But whenever we do train no gi, I try to give the tips, try to help them out, you know. Or any, any, even in the gi, anything I learn here, I like to share yeah. with my friends there. And also with the students, so sometimes I have to teach a class. I, I get to teach a class in in Chakmat in Rio, or I get to teach a class in my in my hometown, so... Oh man, yeah. that's amazing! And now that you tasted both both gi and no gi, do you have any preference, or do you like them both equally? I do enjoy both. I've been training a lot more no gi since of my because of my fights coming up, and also because like here we've been getting a lot more attention with the no gi, you know. Um, but I do I do enjoy both. But right now in this moment, I'm more like in a. No gi mood. <laughs> <laughs> no gi mood. And that's right, because you have a fight coming up. That's correct? Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, next, week, next um, week, I'll be going to Austin next week. I'm fighting Nikki Ryan, and oh. who's number one. So, it's going to be pretty Nikki cool. Ryan. Nikki Ryan. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's Gordon Ryan's brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's... <laughs> so, 
how how long do you prepare take for yourself? How long do you tell? Okay, I'm gonna have X time to prepare. How how like how much time do you take to prepare? I should say. Uh, I I I wouldn't say like I prepare only to this fight. I mean, we do add some strategy and uh, I I always of course like watch my opponents fighting so I know what they yeah, do yeah. so I can yes. know what to expect it's easier on the super fights to do that rather than just a tournament where there's like a hundred people and you know you can't like just watch everyone so but I don't I'm always like different from like MMA and other sports like uh, in MMA the guys they fight like once or twice a year sometimes so then you get like a three month camp and you rest and then like you get like one three month three four month camp and it's easier you know in jiu-jitsu yeah. like we tend to stay always ready to like to have to stay always ready of course like sometimes we, we take a little time off just to recover the injuries but you have to plan yourself like okay this is gonna be my little time off like two weeks maybe not off off because i, I live from it you know so But uh, you train, like, less harder. You focus more on just, like, the techniques, you know. So you can, like, like a vacation or something. But <laughs> we tend to stay always ready, you know. The, the calendar not never stops. There's always tournaments. Whenever you think, like, okay, oh, this tournament's going to pass. I'm going to rest. And then, like, someone calls you, hey, there's a super fight coming for you. And then, like, oh, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm yeah. training, you know. So we keep training every day. We train, like, Monday through Saturday here. Uh, uh, every day, like every week, and we can't, like, we don't really slow down, like, unless there's no fights, which is not normal, you know. Like, yeah. I've been fighting like pretty much like every month, once uh, or twice a month, you know. So, I've been getting just, I'm always ready. I'm just like getting better every time. That's the thing. That is awesome, man. And there, I mean. Obviously, 2020 threw a big wrench into your plans. However, now I see the tournaments are coming back up. I see everything's coming back to somewhat normalcy. Mm -hmm. So, Texas is your next big one. Do you know the date for that? And do you know how people could uh, watch it? Yeah, so it's going to be on May 28th in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's going to be streamed. So, if people are not in Texas, they can't watch it there. It's going to be streamed live on Flow Grappling. So, they can sign up for Flow Grappling. And yeah, but if they want to go there, they can buy tickets to go watch it too. They have, they're selling on Eventbrite. You can check the website there. The, the name of the, the event is who's number one. We've got a bunch of, bunch of people here from the gym. We actually got three athletes from the gym here fighting. It's Patty Fontes, me and Luis Panza. There's also another kid from Checkmate, Andrew Tackett fighting. Uh, but he's, he's in Austin. He lives there. So the team is going like strong for this tournament, you know, for this yeah. event. And I mean, we're excited to go. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> oh man. Well, Mr. Almeida, any, uh, before we leave any words you would like to say to, I mean, I know you said you had some sponsors and whatnot. Oh yeah. I, no, I just want to thank my sponsors. You know, like I got Keiko sports who supports me with my geese and my, my gear for yeah. a competition, you know, I am sponsored by Just Row too. Give me like the gear to like the clothes and like no gi stuff too. Uh, Fair Sports uh, for the tapes. Whenever my fingers are hurt, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they they 
helped me out. I also like muscle hammer. Uh, it's like uh, one of those massage guns recovery. It's oh. super good. Yeah, I use it all the time whenever I I finish training or like just I want to loosen up my body. It helps me a lot too. Uh, I got my conditioning training conditioning trainer Italo Villardo. My nutritionist Alton Finocchio. And yeah, the, those are the guys who actually help me, and also the gym. Like I check my my team, who always was always there to help me get prepared. My coach Leo Vieira and everyone. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. I mean, even for myself, you have a you uh, to me at least you have a very driven mindset, and I like how you come across even at a loss. You're still excited that you went through the tournament and you see it as an experience. That that's me today taught me a lot i mean because as i said a lot of people take a loss really hard and they sometimes they just go down yeah it's, it's hard, hard. Yeah. You, you never want to lose they, I, I confess yeah. like whenever i lose i get mad i i want to cry you know yeah. like i want to i don't want to talk to anyone you know i'm like right. i try to stay in my spot but also like there's a moment where you get sad because of the the loss and there's the moment after that where you focus okay what what can i get from it okay what can i improve from that you yeah. know to make sure it doesn't happen again. so it's, there's always a learn with the loss of course like there's part it's a part of the suffering i hate losing you know i don't want to lose i don't want to lose no yeah, one wants, no to, wants to lose. you yeah. know but like it's important to not just like try to push it away and let it go mm -hmm. but try to get it and focus in okay what can i get from that How, how am I going to improve? Yeah. You know, otherwise you just keep making the same mistakes. You're going to lose again because of the same reason. And the same reason that frustrates you because yeah. you're not, uh, you're not fixing that mistake and you keep doing it. And like when you do it once, okay. When you do it twice. Yeah. If you do it like three, four times the same mistake, you're not doing something to, to get better, you know? So there's always ways to get better. So it's important to look back what we did before and, and grow from it. Okay. Well, Mr. Almeida, <laughs> again, thank you so much. I, I love doing this. I appreciate it. You thank take you. care of yourself, Mr. Almeida. You too. To thank everyone you. out there, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.